we just want to welcome without further ado our very own Apostle Suzanne Howard <clears throat> hallelujah thank you Jesus Bless the Lord. How we doing today? Come on, bless the Lord. How we doing? Y'all clap for an apostle. Don't tell me this is not an apostolic house. But we honor men more than Jesus. Come on, y'all. All right, take your seats. All right, let's try it again. I want you to magnify the Lord thy God who has been great in your life and who is worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, his name encompasses all the earth. Let us welcome the true and living God, Jesus the Christ. Not Jesus a Christ, Jesus the Christ, the healer, the way maker, the redeemer. You know that worship and praise is an outside expression of a decision already made in your heart. Have you made that decision in your heart? Because a lot of often I see when I go, people are like, oh, here they go trying to pump us up to praise. If you made a decision in your heart, there is no pumping to praise that can ever bring you into the presence of God. But when you've made a decision in your heart, when I think of the goodness of Jesus. And I don't care if I'm going through troubled times and I'm living on a testimony from when I first got saved. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, my whole mind shifts. My whole faith just begins to bubble over. When I just think of the goodness of Jesus, I want somebody just to take 10 seconds and find a time in your life that you can think of that just brings glory to God. That, that testimony that you knew he was real. That testimony when you knew he had answered your prayer. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, what does the text say after that? And all that he's done for me, what happens? Oh, is somebody thinking in here today? Are you thinking? Because your soul, what is your soul? Y'all got the soul detox doctor, what is your soul? should be crying hallelujah so that means when you're tired in your body when you're sick in your body my soul my mind wants to praise him my will is now changed to praise him and my emotions i can exhort him to last through this era they think the church building is going to close and these are prophets who are online and they're prophesying it they're they're forecasting it and you know they're they're, they're there's these are the ones that are not returning to church right now and you know i don't know why we don't understand that jesus healed leprosy I don't understand why we don't understand that when everybody else was avoiding leprosy, Jesus was the one that they were coming to, and he never turned one away. 
In fact, he even said, where are the rest of them? Anybody else come back to say thank you? Now, I'm all with precautions and wisdom. Come on now. Amen. Jesus didn't raise no dummies. Then right. we used to say, Mama didn't raise no dummies. Jesus didn't raise no dummies. We understand the enemy is cunning, and he would love to take out the people of God to give the church a bad name. We understand that. But we also have to understand, if we really confess Jesus, and he is Lord over our lives, there is an inherent power living on the inside of us. And just because you don't let him out, just because you don't release that glory or that inherent power, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You ever raise anyone from the dead? See, something's lacking in our life. Those are the things that the apostles and the apostolic people did. That's why they believed the way they believed, because they saw the miracles. We watch TV now to get all excited about miracles. I was reading something that said this generation has to watch Hollywood movies in order to understand the supernatural, because the supernatural is not existent in the church right now. But guess what's supernatural? What's on the inside of you? Hallelujah. Do you believe? believe. Amen. Go ahead. You can take your seats. I, um, I was reading something. Well, I'm reading something every day. I'm reading four books currently at one time right now. So information kinds of get intertwined and intermingled and all that. But when you're not reading um, Zane books, and the Bible, you can go ahead and intertwine your information and you will be all right. Amen. I heard a few giggles. A few of y'all know the, the author, Zane. A few of y'all want to act like you don't. And y'all started fixing your mask and putting your head down. And yeah, I understand. Um, but when what you're reading is all in agreement with each other, it's all right to read as that goes. So that information that blends and meshes together won't throw you off into other things. Amen. I have a uh, desire one day to read the Quran, and I'm going to have that day, and I'm going to read it with the Bible. But I know that when you do things like that, you have to prepare your mind. You know, there, there's a lot of authors out there that are um, able to write very good information, but unless you're able to understand that propaganda machine, you will not be able to understand the light that is really prevalent in 2020 versus the true and living light. So what I'm saying to you is we have to pray for our minds. When we read, when, when we watch things on television, in psychology, I'm learning that most of what we do has entered into our thoughts and minds became a part of who we are through our eyes. That's why the Bible tells us that if you so much have lusted with a woman, didn't touch her, didn't cheat, you have already committed adultery. And you know why? Because there's this great scientific nucleus being that God created us to be. And when you look at something with your eyes, your eyes send a message to your brain as if it's already happened. It's that thing called the hippocampus. And it tells you when to fear something, when to be sad. It sends signals to your brain, and your brain dictates, the government dictates to the rest of your body. Isn't that amazing? So we have to be careful with our eyes. And how many know there's a lot out there right now? I was going over um, in my mind a lot of the sermons that have been going across this pulpit. Um, I think it has been most of this year, too. And it's been um, really prophetic. You know, and if you're used to the prophetic only coming in the way of Alexis or your husband or your kids or your money, you will really miss 
um, Logos prophecy as well as Rhema prophecy. One is the word and one is revelation. And when we think back, um, how the Lord just, just curtailed me, to, to me, it didn't even make much sense when he had me teaching on the satanic attack against masculinity. Lo and behold, did I know we were going to be moving right into that agenda right now. To the point, people of God, I, my heart's prayer for y'all, and, and I'm praying for y'all like I have never, ever prayed for the people of God before, especially those who are given ear to me because of the responsibility that I take as being God's apostle, that we really have to stop paying attention to things with our eyes only because our eyes are going to send messages and things are built around emotion. We have to be careful as true believers of God what we support. Everything that tickles our fancy or rattles our emotions isn't of God. You know, how many support black lives? I just mean black lives. That's right. Thank you. How many of us support black lives? Hello. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. You're not going to get scorned. That's right. Who wouldn't? Right? Some of us personally know the injustices, right? I mean, a black life is a human life. Then I would propose the question, how many support black lives matter? And if you don't, if you don't, it's okay. Let her be real though, because this is how we teach. Amen. She's like, mm -mm, girl, don't do that. Apostle is in here today. Same minister, Mike. He ain't gonna ignore that. <laughs> we have to be very careful because they're appealing to our emotions, to what has happened with the the the, the black everything, not just the black man, the black everything, the black American. And everybody's running out. I've had more clients that want to become activists now. And everybody's rah, rah, rah. But do you know they do not support the nucleus family? They do not believe in one man and one woman as a marriage. They believe love is love. And how many of us just jump in head first and support the organization? Oh, man, y'all mad I came to church today, huh? That's probably why I had all the warfare in my body today. I really could have just stayed in and sent the text. Somebody else preached today because y'all ain't want me here. Them demons in hell didn't want me up here today. But that's my job to bring you truth, whether you like it or not. You know, whether you can swallow castor oil or not. We give sugar at the end. That'll help you get it down. Peyton ate a, a donut on the way to church, and she could only swallow so much because she needed water. I said, oh, don't worry. The water going to help get it down. So that's prophetic for y'all today. The water going to help and get it down. We don't jump on board with movements until we find out the logistics of that movement. Because in order for me to support your organization, I have to support your vision statement. And I have a right to know what is your vision statement. And you don't believe in family as God instituted it. I, I like what you're doing here, but I can't come on board with what you're doing. I may have to find another group because I really like what you're doing. I believe it's necessary, but I may have to find another group and start a movement of it that believes in the basis of what God instituted in the earth for his people. But Christians are not doing it. Christians are jumping in. The Bible says that hell is enlarging daily because right now the propaganda machine is moving and it's causing us emotions. I, I sent a, um, I'm a lot stronger now in my apology than I was years ago. You know, years ago I'd want to fight you. Then a few years after that I want to cuss you out because I was excellent at both of them. Okay, 
Christ didn't want me to do that no more. So I had to study and show thyself approved. So now I'm to the point where at one point I wouldn't start arguments or apologies for a better term because if you knew more than I knew, my feelings would be hurt. Then I might hit you or cuss you out and then I'm a messed up Jesus. You know, so I'm just, I just read the stuff and look at it and be like, man, man, man. But I, I, I didn't like that. That was a weakness in me that I didn't like. Anybody ever go after the weaknesses in them? It was a weakness in me that I did not like. And that's why I am such a, a constant, perpetuate, hunger, always thirsty student of the word of God. Always seeking revelation. Always pulling on God always pulling on God for more and more and more and you can trust me with revelation why is this happening how do we handle that constantly all day long if it's not coming out of my mouth it's conversations that are going on in my mind because I want to be able to rightly divide the word of God I don't want to be afraid of, of religious systems doctrines demons other gods opposing as a God of light we were prepared for false prophets and false apostles, but we are entering into an era of false Christs where God knows my heart has been amplified to a whole nother dimension and that it's okay to join your organization on the merits of this, but I'm ignoring all of this over here. Do you realize that the movement doesn't even support the black man? We just went through all of this this year. We talked on the satanic attack against masculinity. We talked about the propaganda machine. How much time do we spend on the propaganda machine? I had a couple of, of, of leaders in the area say, can I come up and do a Sunday and teach on that? You caused me to study this thing. Some people did not even know it existed. That there is a purposeful machine that we went back to what? Does anybody here remember what we went back to? We went back to a war. Hitler's war and we found out how they worked propaganda we found out that up until this day there are um, organizations that send out information contrary to what they believe to get you all excited and psyched up about it you cannot continue to just go by your eyes alone because your eyes are going to say oh my god this is so unfair I, I purposely sent a, a, a text she's probably watching me and I'm going to get a text probably while I'm preaching but I purposely sent a message to my sister in Atlanta I just said I'm just going to trigger somebody today I just want to test out my, my apology on this and I sent it to her and I said did you see how George uh, Floyd George or George Floyd please just forgive me I know how I am with names how he died I said but look at the other video on the officers now it's showing a whole different story than the first story we got he still didn't deserve to die I mean a whole different person came out here and I was ready I pulled my arrow back <laughs> fleeing my first arrow went across the other side with her and we went back and forth and had some words I said okay well continue having a nice day and God bless you y'all know you ever had me do that do you I get y'all psyched and pumped up Joyce says she'll be in the grocery store she leaves her groceries and just walks out the grocery store and I say okay continue having a nice day now they're like why do you say that who continue having a nice day after that well when you learn um, emotional intelligence you're going to learn the purpose of your emotions so that your emotions don't dictate you. Because if we're going to survive with what's coming to this world, you are not going to be able to survive being an emotionally driven Christian. 
because there's going to be a lot of things that are going to tickle your fancy. There's a lot that's wrong in this globe. There is a lot that is wrong in America. But be wise as serpents and humble as doves. You don't have to cuss anybody out. You don't have to put your religion on a shelf. You don't have to show someone that you're strong. And you don't have to hit and scream and bark. You don't have to act like that old father you used to be under. You can, I'll get back to you and study a little bit more and get back to him six months later. What are you talking about? Remember that discussion? We had? Oh, I'm over that. Well, I'm not. I've been studying this thing. They're going to be like, oh my God, you are so aggressive. No, I'm just assertive when it comes to the things of my faith because I did not stand and properly uh, uh, dialect this word with you that I, I left you lingering. It's like a half a prophecy. Jesus said, Friday at midnight for you. Now praise him. Friday at midnight what? He didn't give me the rest of it. But he said, you'd know what it mean. How many of those services have we sat in? There's a greater demand on us to find out the Jesus, the Christ. Kanye said, Jesus is king. My sermon says, Jesus is the king. Because to call him king denotes that there are other kings is to denote that he is a king amongst kings. That she's a Gwen among a Gwen. But when you say the, but nowadays all you have to, you don't have to say her last name, the evangelist. Everybody know Gwyneth. Do we not? The kids say it and they know exactly, they don't even have to say her name. Apostle Paul said, Apostle Paul, he said, Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ. Do you get where I'm going with this? The, the nice evangelical message, the nice Christians, the nice only Christians would have Jesus as king. Everybody's flocking and running and repeating it and quoting it. He's not a king. He's the king. He's king over kings. He's not just a lord. He's the lord. He's lord over lords. When you are over people, you are the. Did I lose y'all? We've got to know this word like never, ever, ever, ever before. Somebody say ever, ever, ever. ever, ever, ever. Yep, say it through your mask. Ever, ever, ever before. The prophetic word for this year was the mouth. I prophesied December 31st, 2019, going into 2020, that the prophetic word for us this year was the mouth. All these others who just like to make cliches out of God's word instead of discovering the rabbinical truth of our text, knowing that we have a real history that our word comes from, came out 2020. Oh, and it's about vision. 2020 vision. Everybody's going to have 2020 vision. How many know that 2020 vision is a human limitation? I'm a supernatural being. I need more than 2020 vision. I need the eyes of an ego. I need to see with the prophetic inside of a satellite. I need discerning, cutting, technological sight in my vision. I need discernment. 2020 vision coming out of a prophet's and apostle's mouth turned me off. I can get 2020 vision. I can go get laser surgery. I don't need a Jesus to give me 2020 vision. I don't need Jesus to prophesy to me this is the year of perfect vision. 
My vision might have gotten me into the things I've gotten into now. Because what I see or what I think I see has been telling my brain something that has been a lie from the beginning. We don't need 2020 vision. We need to speak those things that are. Come on, preachers. I'm not preaching this alone today. What is faith? Is it about having 2020 vision? What is faith? What is the evidence? What is the evidence? Open your hand and look at it. Evidence. <laughs> this is what he told us is evidence. I need to feel God. I need to feel the Holy Spirit. I walk into the doors and I don't feel. Baby, you better get away from feelings. Y'all know my song I used to sing years ago, right? <laughs> feelings. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Feelings. Trademark whoever wrote it. YouTube will lashes for that. It's not by sight. The evidence that we are going to have to lean on, look at your hand again, is not there. It's not seen. That's what we're going into in 2020. We're going to prophesy what the Lord is saying, but we ain't seeing Every time someone prophesies the church is closing, the church is going to multiply. Revival is going to happen. I don't know why y'all prophesying this nonsense, but the church is not. And there's people that I kind of co-sign with. I paid attention to their ministries. I respected the integrity of their word. Where did Jesus say the church was going to close? I know that they're getting really caught up on the brick and mortar, but even in the former Testament, you had to have a place to bring people. People would travel for miles to go to where a church, a congregation, an ecclesia of people were. And they would go and stay for days until they had to go back home. Did you know that's how church was? And we're talking about the little four or five or six hours we give on a Sunday is going to close. We haven't even reached the place where we're traveling for days to sit at true teaching. The problem is the church that we've had that I don't know if y'all remember in here. I prophesied this a few years back when I was teaching on apostolic centers. Check it out on YouTube. I said church as we know it is going to change. These big cathedrals that should have never been erected. These big Catholicism teachings and hierarchies that should have never been erected as the church of Jesus Christ is going to change and many are going to close. We were traveling up somewhere in Massachusetts. There was a huge Catholic cathedral for sale. I think it was thirty dollars or $80,000 for it. Grass grew up all around it. I said, man, but now we could buy that with cash. Who could we send to this area? That would be the trick. Because another thing that I learned in psychology is to understand the Great Commission. The Great Commission is multicultural. Yes. Just because you're Bariqua doesn't mean he gonna send you to Park Street. Amen. That's right. Just because you're from Jamaica doesn't mean he gonna send you to the Jamaicans. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean he's only gonna send you to women. He reversed Paul and Peter's ministries and sent them in directions that any of us would have read that leadership plan, that module, and said, God got it backward. Suzanne made a mistake. He's sending them to the wrong direction. 
It's not my experience that's going to convict you. It's the living, breathing word of God that the Bible says is a living organism. And when I preach it, who I preach it to becomes alive. Jesus is the king. And when the church gets back to Jesus, you know how many of us have taken assessments with Dr. Price's assessment ministry? We did it years ago. Some of us are doing it again recently. And some of the main areas we failed in, besides emotions, come on, y'all know who I'm talking about. Because those apostle Peter, he was emotional. That's why he used his sword for the wrong thing. Emotions, vision, all that stuff, you've got to put it in order. The main part that we failed in was knowing Jesus. The Bible says that the, the, the spirit, the demon said, Paul I know. Who else did he know? I, and who's the last person he knew? Jesus I knew. The demon said it. How many of us know about Jesus? It's not taught in the church. There has been little um, cartoons drawn and little stating, statements quoted and, and the church, of course, has to be the biggest parrot. We're so busy not believing we can prophesy that we prophesy in the devil's quotes and cliches every single day. The Bible, people have, have said, I know y'all heard it. Jesus is not even in his own church. Somebody wrote a nice little, I don't even know what to call it, that a, a, a beggar went to a church before and was looking for a place to sit and nobody wanted to sit next to him. Y'all know that one? You read it? Yeah. And somewhere down the line, I can't remember the whole thing, but it goes that the beggar was Jesus and the church didn't want him smelling next to them. He wasn't a member. He didn't fit in. He didn't look like us. He didn't have prosperity. They wouldn't let him in. They wouldn't feed him. They wouldn't clothe him. Scripture. So he left. Not getting the whole parable, if you will, of the message that Jesus has been trying to come into his churches from the beginning of this age and he has not been welcomed in because they missed Jesus before and we're going to miss him again if we don't figure out who he is. We got religions being built up that he's, he's supposed to be black. We're going to miss him again making him color. We got religions forming right now making him a woman. We're going to miss him again. We're going to miss him again because we're trying to fit him in to an earthly vessel, a human body. He only came as Jesus one time and Jesus had a beginning and Jesus had an end, which made him man. Will you recognize where God is moving, what he's saying, and what he's doing if it doesn't appeal to your emotions? No one's born racist. It's taught to us. No one's born with gender issues. It's taught to us. No one's born with a prosperity mindset. Is taught to us. What happens if we started teaching Jesus in our infant stages in Christendom? Where would we be today? How cataclysmic would our, 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 our faith be? 
anyone ever be around a Christian that can preach and talk it but as soon as they get a problem you're like whoa no oil empty void sat under great teaching sat under great sermon where is your faith <laughs> a prostitute who Jesus never made rich told the spies of the apostles remember me was she remembered never had probably the dreams and the things that she wanted made the mess the best of what she could with her hole in the wall her, her brothel that was made in a strong wall by renting women out to passerbys the faith of a prostitute y'all ain't messing with me today but you're a holy, righteous, pompous, $3,000 suit. You're trying to convince me that you have something more than someone else because you have the nice car and the house and your kids are going to the best school. You, you think that's going to convince me? How many of you would take your shoes off right now and give them to someone else? How many of you would go in your house and pick out something that you really, really, really like. Maybe you saved up for a while. Y'all hands up already. Ha. Angels describing. Don't worry about me. And you would give it away. Because you found out that that stuff doesn't make you happy. That as soon as you get it, you want more. You want better. You thought Jimmy Choo was the best shoe until you tried a, a Louboutin shoe. Whatever the craziness is. We, you, we're never satisfied with lust. But we fight over it. We make idols and images of it. We, we act like it's a big deal. Hey, Doc, look at them shoes. Man, shut up. Thank God bubbles don't come out of my head. <laughs> I just have to be the gracious lady they think I am. Jesus is what? He's the king. And don't let anybody tell you Jesus is king. We change presidents every four to eight years. We don't change kings. Kings die, and then their legacy comes up again. Our king died. Who raised up in his stead? Who's the royal priesthood? Who's the kings of this nation? Who's been given all authority? Who's the head of the church of Jesus Christ underneath our chief shepherd, Jesus Christ? The Great Commission requires us to be multicultural. The foundation of the Great Commission is that all authority has been given to Jesus in both heaven and earth. The Great Commission is essentially the proclamation of his authority. It's the proclamation of our independence. It's when we were able to leave our areas and leave the villages. We were able to leave under the authority and the tutelage of those who trained us, the rabbis and the sent teachers that were sent to train. It was our proclamation. It was telling us, go. The earth is yours. Go make disciples. And we set up a baptismal pool in the middle of a town and we think we're doing something. That feels good though, doesn't it? 
I mean, like, we get a little taste of the Great Commission, and we get excited, like, wow, this is what the church is supposed to be like? Wow, this is, this feels good. That's just a taste of what we're supposed to be doing. The Great Commission, the message of the church was not the church. How many of y'all can witness to somebody without mentioning the church? You're going to have to learn how to witness without mentioning the church. This is a place we come as the body of believers of Christ Jesus. But I don't need to mention the church to witness to you. Jesus never said, hey, now that you're born again, there's a great synagogue down in the corner here. And it, it, that's, it's Rabbi Rosenberg. I'm going to recommend to him that, you know, he, he get you in his ministry program. When Jesus left those people, if they couldn't afford the books, if they couldn't afford to travel, to go be taught, they had to live on the three or four scriptures that was given to them that day. Y'all see what's going on in China right now? Somebody better shake their head if you're in an apostolic house and you prophetic. You better, yep, you better know what's going on in China. Ask Peyton what's going on in China. Ask Peyton what's going on in Beirut. She called it Italy, but she knew what she was talking about. Come on. We have to be more than the church building. 131 is just a holding space for us to begin equipped. This is our campus so that we can be sent. The message of the church. Ha! was not the church. She was not sent forth to establish her own authority, but to proclaim his authority. We do that, though, because we spend so much time in the church. We teach so much on the church that we really, I, I've heard people, not just in different ministries, in this ministry, just always blowing up their church. Join our church Oh, you got to meet our leader. I remember I was in Chicago one time, and they said, why are you um, looking to go to, um, what's the name of those sisters that live in Chicago? Their mother used to be an evangelist on the um, evangelist channel, big woman. She ended up dying because she was overweight. Angie, come on, y'all. Y'all ain't going to tell me my memory better than y'all. Angie Ray Ministries. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Y'all ain't ever heard of Angie Ray? Y'all ain't saved if y'all ain't heard of Angie Ray. You have saved. Evangelist, I know you heard of her. You checking me out? Check the name to make sure I got it right for me. And her daughters have ministries now. And one of her daughters is, you should know, Prudence. You OG. You should know. I know you look good, but we OG. And her daughter, I can't think of her daughter who has the pretty eyes now. She runs around and does these prayer revivals. Really powerful. And you find Angie Ray Ministries? Yeah, I can't remember her daughter's name. But when I was there, they was like, why are you bothering going to her ministry? She's got all this stuff going on in her ministry. You should come over here to my apostles. I'm like, what is that? Where's the panoramic vision of the church as a whole that we have become centers that are better than other centers? I mean, we kind of know that some places are, they, they, they're, they're, they're not teaching and training and equipping. We get that, right? But you know, we, we know that we're going from glory to glory. We know that we see as the, the glass is half full. We, we, we understand that. But it's not a reason to put down. They're still building up a disciple. No matter at what, what, what degree or pedigree they're raising them up at, they're still raising up disciples. But where do we get to the point we tell somebody not to go to somebody else's ministry, but to come to ours? 
You know what I've been noticing lately with the scriptures? That they've been coming alive to me. And it's scary. It's scary. I've heard of two very sad things happening to two different people. And it's sad. I mean, things that you wouldn't even wish for. I mean, it's a lot going on right now. Can we, can we all agree to that? Like, you look to the left, something happened to your right. You over here trying to bury somebody on the right, somebody on the left done die. Y'all with me? It's a lot going on. You wake up in the morning and say, am I still alive? Because stuff is happening. God said to me, immediately took me to the text in Acts, where they were giving, I think it was Apostle Paul, a hard time. And the Sadducees, the teachers of the religious institutions were saying that what he was teaching wasn't God-like and they wanted to beat him up and put him out of the town. And I forget the name of that rabbi, something with a G I know. What is it? Gamaliel, thank you. He came in and he said, look, you all better be careful because you think you're fighting this apostle, but you may find yourself fighting God. Immediately he brought it to me. And I just sat up in my bed like, what are you saying? As Christians, we can believe that you better touch not my anointed until the anointed becomes somebody else you touching. How many times have you been told, touch not thy, but you was just talking about an anointed. So it only works when you saying it. Or we quote the karma scriptures. Oh, be careful because what is it? How does karma go? Help me. Your mouth is covered. I can't hear you. No, that's scripture. I'm glad you saved today. What's karma? What goes around comes around. Do y'all know that karma only works in another lifetime? Karma doesn't happen in the same lifespan. So if what I've done comes back to me, it comes back to me when I come back as a hamster. So I don't care. I, I, I don't feel any retribution from that. Do you know that's how karma works? And you see Christians quote karma. Oh, that's all right. He broke my heart. But what goes around comes around. If that's the right one. It don't seem like that's the right one. But you sure that's the right one? Yes? Amen. It doesn't happen until your next lifetime. Scientology believes the same thing. If I'm great in this lifetime, the next lifetime I will be greater. That's why Tom Cruise is so great is what they believe. Because in his last lifetime, he was great. He was somebody that was mission impossible. So this life, he shows up in the planet, he's really mission impossible. Our text doesn't say that. Our text says you've been given one time to die. And that's it. Am I making sense to anybody in here today? Y'all saying yes because you want me to yell at you? The church never was to establish her own authority or her own greatness. For the entire time Jesus walked the earth, he only made a couple of very brief mentions of the church. His message was bigger than the church. It was what? The kingdom of God. You can ask Christians today, what is the kingdom of God and what is the kingdom of heaven? And you get a long pause. But ask them about their church, the vision statement of their church. Ask them when is the pastor anniversary. Ask them when is the great convocation. But we can't tell the difference between the kingdom of God in the kingdom of heaven. Y'all look it up. His message was bigger than the church. When the first century church began to go forth with this message, it was not a message about herself, the church. It was about her king. Who's your king? I really had to behave myself, Minister Mike. 
because when we had that big old Kanye war on Facebook with people, I wanted to say, how's your um, praise and worship leader doing? Where y'all at? All of y'all that took the time to stop by my post and to tell me that we were judgmental, and this is the problem with the church. How's y'all praise and worship leader doing now? Because y'all all hired Kanye, remember? And I sat back, I said, Sometimes I wish I wasn't saved just so I could just be messy for a minute. Anybody ever feel like that? Come on, get free today. Just so I could be messy for, I just want to light you up and tell you what my left side of my brain is really saying right now. Because you're not impressed with the word of God. But the way I would talk to you, the way you speak, you would be highly impressed by it. Now, come on, everybody, let's get our salvation, our helmets of salvation. Father, thank you for saving me and restoring me to my right mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. Don't take those helmets off. We some dangerous people without them helmets on. I just, ooh, y'all know that backspace thing? The Holy Spirit tell you backspace, back away from the computer. Go take a walk. Backspace. I've gotten to the point where I start posting. I take a picture of it so I can remember it when I'm ready to put it up. I sent one to my leaders the other day. I said, could y'all handle this argument if I posted this? Some were like, mm, why don't you reword a line? The other half was like, go, Peter, we got you. I took a picture of it and decided to save it for a rainy day. I'm going to save the argument for a rainy day. Do you know that when you bring up texts that bring up either conflict or just discussion is still a witness? You are still planting a seed. I don't care how angry they get at you. He told us that they would be angry with us. But they're not angry with us for us. They're angry at us because of him. He can take it. Keep going. He's got the lashes to prove it. He can take it. Just don't be an emotional person. Don't be sent off on your dysfunctions of your feelings. Otherwise, you can't witness for him at all. It's okay to say, you, that's a good argument right there. You got me. I'll be back. I'll be back. Doesn't chess take a long time to play? Checkers, choop, 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 choop. Me and, me and Peyton played candy lane today. I think in like seven minutes, the game was over. Choop, 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 choop. It seemed so long when I was younger. Anybody remember Candyland? I don't know if they made the board shorter or what happened. It, when, it, when I was little, it just seemed like that thing used to go. We played the other day. I'm like, seven minutes? This We got all night with no power? We got to figure something out that takes more than seven minutes to play. But when I was younger, it seemed longer. It seemed more challenging. But it's not when you've been engrafted and trained and most importantly, matured. The things that used to feed you and used to keep you don't keep you anymore. That's why you can discern, yes, we love Kanye. Yes, we do. All right, hello. Yes, absolutely. Yes, we love Kanye. But Kanye has no business leading anybody's anything without the fruit of the Spirit being exemplified in his life. That should be the standard of the church. I love you. You are anointed. I, I can, you know, you can feel the anointing, right? The anointing, you can get chills from, you can sense the Holy Spirit, you cannot. 
The Holy Spirit is a knowing. You have to know that you have the Holy Spirit. The anointing is tangible. It's transferable. It gives you the goosebumps. You can feel when somebody's anointed. But I can't be impressed by your anointing. I have to know that what you have has been tested and tried under pressure so that when the pressure comes on you, you're not preaching anybody else's gospel but the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would love for when I've been praying for Mike Tyson, Red Man, I got a whole list of Hollywood that I'm praying in the kingdom of God. Me and Bernard watched one of uh, Mike Tyson's, all right, I used to really have a crush on him, but I wasn't praying for him because I had a crush on him. I was praying for him because he just had so much knowledge and he was, he was not the smartest thing. And I'm like, but what God could do to that brain when, when God gets in there and begin to mess around with them neurons and he just starts, he would be so intellectual. He would get, he would, the women that he would get would be women that can take him somewhere, the kind of women that God wants to walk with a man of God. Amen, somebody. Not some ditzy little fan that wants to travel on his little Hollywood train so when all the money is going, she going. A strong woman. So I I, I pray, man, I have a list of people that I pray in. I I, want to see them saved. But until then, you don't see me promoting anything about them on my Facebook page. You don't see me telling me, go listen to their music. We can't do those things. It has to be tried in the fire of affliction. How do you know that your friendship will make it? How do you know that your friend is even your friend? Everything, y'all. Learn this from me as a mother today. Let me speak to you as a mother today. If something that you hold value to has not been tried in affliction, do not give it the front row seat of your life. Do not give it the front row seat of your life. I don't even know where we are on a disagreement if all we've ever had was agreements. I need to know how you are when I slip up in tongues. I need to know how you are when I make a mistake and do something that really hurts your feelings. I need to know that you are marriage material by having some bad issues in the dating time to see how you're going to handle them when we get married. Because if you bail out in the dating time, you are not marriage material. I need to know that as a friend, you know I'm flaky and doofy and I, I lose my phone and my keys every time I go to the store and you don't get aggravated by that. I need you to see me in my worst of worst. You have to be tried in affliction. Some of y'all call everybody friend. Everybody this. Everybody. No, we're a brother by the blood um, power of Jesus Christ. But we're a brother by the spirit. But in the natural, I'm still watching you. I need to know where we stand. Mm -hmm. Y'all just went, thank you. Y'all just went through a whole list in your mind, didn't you? Just put them on the other side of the scale for a while. That's all. You don't have to cut them off. But it's easy to be your friend when everything's going our way. It's easy to be your friend when I feel that I'm the one that's taking all the inconveniences of our relationship. But people get tired, y'all. And they want changes. Everything needs to go through the furnace of affliction before you bring it home. Don't bring no guy or no girl to me. I'm going to embarrass you so bad. I'm going to look you up and down. Like, 
I don't know who you think you're playing. I'm gonna look them up and down, and then I'm gonna say, nice to meet you, and I'm gonna walk away. When they was ready for a con ask my son how it's done. What, 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 what's going on here? What, what's the whole dynamic? I remember when I first brought someone to my pastor. Now that I look back, I'm so embarrassed I even brought that hamburger meat to my chief leader. I was proud. Pastor, I want you to, to, want you to meet. He looked like, Lord, this girl is not as mature as I thought she was. In the church, she was mature. She carried her ministry maturely, but she does not carry her heart in that same level of gravity as she carries her ministry. I was proud. When I look back now, I'm like, I, I'm, I, don't, I, I don't even want to bring it up to him. I can't even believe I bought. It wasn't even sirloin, y'all. But guess what? I could tell by his reaction, I didn't get the stamp of approval. So I, I do what Adam and Eve done. I snuck. <laughs> and tried to make work what he thought wasn't going to work. Because when God said not to touch something, he knows why he's telling us not to touch it. And for us to have the curiosity to touch it anyway, we're just going to get consequences. And then what do we do, Mike? We end up dating a bunch of people because of what kind of accommodations? <laughs> so now my dates ain't nothing but a bunch of compensatory accommodations. <laughs> For what God had for me. Oh, God, let me leave you all alone. Who's praying? You praying? Because these folks ain't liking me today. <laughs> the apostolic burden, I'm almost done, I promise. The apostolic burden was not to bring the church into a certain form, but to see Jesus formed in his people. You see the difference? Can you say that we kind of, as Leah would say, the cheese fell off the bread? that we was bringing the church into a certain form. The, there is a difference. One is Christ-centered, the other is man-centered. The more church-centric the church became, the quicker she fell into the prophesied apostasy. For as long as her message remained Christ-centered, she remained pure. This is not meant in any way to detract from the glory of the church. She is called to be the bride of the king of kings. Her destiny is glorious beyond our comprehension. However, we will never become who we are called to be by looking at ourselves. I want somebody to repeat this with me. I have to learn how to look towards Jesus and less at me. Why? Because we will only be changed into who we are called to be as we behold his glory. There's nothing in you. Do you know that? There's no glory in you. Everything is through him. Do you know that because of certain ministries, the authority that is on the set leaders of certain ministries, you can walk under such a grace and a favor and a prosperity and listen, this ain't witchcraft. This is truth. You leave that or you break from that or you start putting your mouth on that and all of a sudden what you had you don't have anymore. Do you know that? You got to be mature Christian to have done that one. I've done it. Where I thought I was bad. 
and didn't realize it was the connection to the body of believers and the apostolic covering that was on my life that kept me. I can tell when the intercessors and the prophets are not praying the way they should be for me. It, they have gotten so good at their job that I forget now that they're even praying for me. Because things go well, I know, I know. Things go well, and you just assume you're supposed to be walking on water like this all the time, not knowing that there's a group that's interceding for you daily, early in the morning, late at night. We've got the times covered, don't we? We have the times covered, and it gives you a grace to walk in the season. Do you know how many pastors have failed? Some on purpose, some by accident, some by setup. How many have died? Do you know who gets a black eye for that? The entire church. All of us who never even met them. Do you know the difference? People praying for you. You want to be connected to a praying ministry. I'm talking about the apostolic. I'm talking about what it is to be connected to the king, not a king. Because you can be connected to my kingship, but if my kingship isn't connected to the king, this stuff is built like um, the three beers. Was it the three beers? No, they was the ones trying out the beds, right? Help me. The pigs. Yeah, that, you, you remember that one. That shaky foundation. We're going to get to it at some point in this teaching that we're doing right now. How important is the tree in which you are fed from to nourish you as the fruit that you are? Some of us didn't commit suicide because what we were attached to. Some of us weren't exposed because what we were attached to. It is important to know that because of my weakness and my insecurities, I need to be attached to something that is attached to the King of Kings. Yes, I'm attached to the King of Kings, but your relationship with him is only going to be as great as the time you put in. You know the difference between a gift and an officer? Think of it like this. We have people who play sports locally, right? Some of y'all have heard me sh share this before. There's some people who play basketball locally. They love it. They're into sports locally, right? And then all of a sudden, they play for the NBA. They're on a team. They have to wear uniform. They're traveling. They have to show up at certain times. I mean, if they don't do well, we getting rid of you. It's a whole different level, right? Do we still call them a gift at that level? Let's just be real with just a little bit of information that I've given you this far. Yes, we still call them a gift. Most time when you watch these sports newscasters, the newscasters interviewing them, they'll say, I just, it's my gift. I have a gift for this. It was the whole gift of this whole thing. You watch Kanye, uh, not Kanye, what's the other guy? Kobe's Muse. He talks about the gift and how the gift started talking to him and some other things started going on. But y'all watch it. That ain't my sermon today. And um, we find out that you cannot give credit to just the gift when you've made it to that level. It's the discipline in which you submit to the gift. Are y'all with me? What they have to submit to is not the same as somebody who's playing sports for the YMCA or the Boys and Girls Club. There's set times. There's expectations. There's training. There's meetings. Are y'all getting me? There's a difference from when you want to come up from out of your pew seat as a nice, precious gift that we can call for prayer or call for a song and you go back to your seat and everybody's rah, 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 rah. The reason you're not an officer is because you're not committing and submitting 
to what is demanded of you at the level of an officer. Yes, the same gift is in you that was at the Y, that was at the Boys and Girls Club, but in order for you to play with the professionals, you gotta be accountable. You have to be responsible. You have to submit. You have to study. You have to show up to the point it has become so serious in the sports world, they penalize them, don't they? And if your name gets tarnished as a player, what do they do to them? Blackball them. Pepsi dropping you. Starbucks dropping you. Uh, Nike dropping you. Do y'all, have y'all seen it recently? Somebody got into some mess and they drop them, drop them, drop them, drop them, drop them. Not us. Oh, just come on over here. We'll use your gift. Because all we have done is use the gifts inside of people and haven't made the people the gifts themselves. Y'all ain't with me today, but I'm enjoying my sermon by myself. Thank you, Jesus. That's the difference. If you know you are called, come up. But come up and know there's accountability. There's responsibility. You are now set in a position where people are looking up to you. You're not on this elevation just for TV. People should be able to look up to you. Don't look at my life. Just listen to my preaching. Excuse me? The NBA can sit you down, blackball you. They can pull all their sponsorship or whatever they call it from you. But in the church, we just transfer gifts around. No, there is an accountability to this call. There's an accountability to this office. We serve not just a king, we serve the king who's over kings, who's over lords, who's over churches, who's over the apostles, who are over prophets. You cannot. Let me come down here, because if y'all want to hit me, I'm going to be close enough. I have a chance to hit back. Dr. Price preached something one time that I've never gotten out of my spirit. The pews should never dictate the pulpit because you don't like the way something is done. Doesn't give you a right to protest it and think you're gonna convert what the pulpit does. In the modern day churches, that is done often. They vote people in. They vote people out. They pick your sermons. Nowadays, these churches that are being formed with these fancy names, they're under the Mormons, which are no longer called Mormons. They went to being called the Latter-day Saints. Now they're not being called the Latter-day Saints because Christ's false is in the earth. At the bottom of their material, after you copy all your sermon from their teaching, you'll see copywritten, L-D-S. And if you don't pay attention to it, you will grab you a fantastic sermon and bring it in to the church of Jesus Christ when you're really preaching a Latter-day Saint message. If you are ready for officer level, going to take commit, submit, responsibility, and you can play with it for a while. I'm not going to lie. You can play with it for a while. I did it. 
I said, September, the following year, I'm going to come all the way in Jesus. But right now, this summer is so hot. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just not doing it. This is how stupid I was in my mind. My, 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 one, I have two best friends. My be one of my best friends' mother said, how long are y'all going to keep living like this? Y'all awful. This is, I said, we haven't missed a Sunday. She said, you could have with what you do on Saturday. I'm being transparent so you can know he did a makeover. This was the biggest loser. And he turned me around. You ever watch The Biggest Loser? Come on. And I told her, I said, okay, okay, okay. This is what I'm going to do. It's July. We got all these parties. First Fridays be so good right now. Like, we just, we, we just going to get through the summer. And then September, when the fall comes, we're going to come and get saved. Do y'all know I didn't even realize I was prophesying exactly what God did to me? Not many Friday nights I'm crying because I want to be out at first Friday. I remember first Friday. Come on, OGs. Mm -hmm. They say now they're in the church of God. The after parties. You know, you have your whole clique. And they look for you. Hey, Sue, what's up? How you doing? Everybody look. Everybody know what you know. The crew you don't like. The crew you don't rock with. The crew that's looking out for you, you know? It was family. It was community. Right? I know you know. Then you get in the church. <laughs> Whole different welcome. Whole different appreciation for your showing up. Like in the club, we had a couple things in common. Dancing and drinking. Sometimes I wonder in the church, what do we have in common? What should it be that we should have in common in the church? Jesus, number one. And what else? It needs to be something else. Not that it needs to be, but my point is, when we come together, what keeps us together is our joint beliefs. Oh, it's almost one o'clock, I gotta get ready to go. I'm reading this book. Let me try to wrap it up this way. I'm reading this book and it's called The Law of Success. And when you're saved, and I don't just mean like, you know, y'all holiness is like how my pants fit and my skirt look. I'm talking about that real salvation. That salvation on the inside. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where people think you ain't saved, but on the inside if they only knew how saved you were. And in this book that I read, it's, I, I, I'm beginning to think, I don't know much about the author. Many of y'all who, who saw the book commented about the author. I'm beginning to think he's Christian or somewhere about in that area of, of playground. But in this book that I'm reading, I don't hear scriptures, but scriptures pop out at me. Anybody get that when you read a book that doesn't even give you a scripture? In this first chapter, the first chapter is called The Mastermind and how to become a mastermind. And how you become a mastermind is two or three minds have to come together. And when two or three minds, I think we call them think tanks and all those type of things, two or three minds come together, psychologically, a third mind is formed. Right away, a couple scriptures came to me. Two or three come together, agreeing, I am, in the midst. Another mind forms. You can't tell me Jesus isn't a psychologist. A, this is science that he's teaching. That he isn't a scientist. We cannot run an apostolic church with only an apostle at the helm. 
I need the minds of the prophets. I need the minds of the evangelists. I need the mind of the pastor and the teacher. I need the mind of the entire fivefold so that a mastermind, another level, another dimension of what God wants to give us of revelation can exist in the church. I am going to get great um, revelation on my own. But if all of us came together in harmonious unity is what this teaching is. Scientifically, they prove it, that harmonious unity of minds that come together automatically create another mind off of it I thought about the word of God in the beginning was the word and the word was with God who was with God the word does it name three or two take your time don't feel wrong I want to provoke thinking in the beginning was and so how many we hear about right now Two. Two minds came together harmoniously in unity that created Jesus. Thank you. I'm glad somebody can get it. Do you see how this is even in text? Jesus was not flesh on the scene in the beginning. But when the two minds of God and the word, God and the Holy Spirit came together, they created a third mind known as Jesus. And the three minds still harmoniously work together. We've been given three minds to tap into, church. There's no reason why we can't subdue and conquer all that needs to be done. Somebody say, it's supernatural. It's like Sid Roth up in this piece today. It's supernatural. We can't do this on our mind. We need the minds of the entire fivefold. That's why you can sit for a little while. You can put a September date on it if you want to. But your dreams are going to begin to alter because I'm speaking it now. Things in your life are going to begin to dry up because the, 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 the era that we're entering in in the church, he is calling for his true sons and daughters. The earth is groaning and moaning and quakes and fires and sicknesses, infirmities, diseases, suicide like never before is hitting the earth. The earth is moaning and groaning for the sons and daughters to appear. How long do you think you're going to be able to sit back with your high demands for a natural life and never walk into the supernatural life he's called you to. How long? God is dope. Development, opportunities for people everywhere. God is dope. There's development, opportunities for people everywhere. This isn't new, people of God. He's renewing, just like he renewed your hope and renewed your family, renewed your love, renewed your marriage, renewed your, 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 your hope in him. He's a renewing God. The fivefold is a renewal of what needs to take place in the earth because none of us can do it alone. As anointed as you are, you're not a mastermind until you connect with someone else. You can already tell what our elders' meetings has now been recalled to be right the masterminds I'm not playing and I'm expecting master vision I'm expecting master opportunity master level thinking mastery level vision seeing 
mastery level supernatural impartation into this region we can no longer be the apostles house 131 I think I've been way out too long for y'all today are y'all alright no don't lie because the Holy Ghost is here let me see hands how many got it and don't lie the Holy Ghost is here amen I'm on overtime right now but I'll pay y'all a snicker bar so y'all don't turn into Marsha for five more minutes can I get five more minutes let me give you a scripture 2 Corinthians 3.18 2 Corinthians 3.18 God is so good y'all he is so good there's so much of him that we need to tap into and I'm challenging y'all you crazy enough to come to church during COVID? Why? <laughs> Why? And we getting fancy with our masks so we can come out in COVID? Why? If you're only going to come this far and turn back to where there's been no promises, no resolve, no future, no destiny, just shadows, always a sh Aren't you tired of being in somebody's shadow? Just a shadow of ministry, a shadow of what's to come, a shadow of the prophecy. You know, the, the shadow means something is there, but you're just always in the shadow of it. The apostolic burden was not to bring the church into a certain form, but to see Jesus form within his people. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. But we all with unveiled face. Y'all ain't unveiled. But we all with unveiled face. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Just as from the Lord the Spirit. First Corinthians 4 and 20. This is the power one. First Corinthians 4 and 20. For the kingdom of God does not consist in words. And we have all kind of petty arguments over word and doctrine. For the kingdom of God does not consist in words. The kingdom of God. Did y'all hear me? Remember I told you to look up the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in, come on preachers, but in power, but in power. Come on, say it with me. For the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. Can we try it one more time? I know y'all struggling. After me. For the kingdom of God does not consist in words but in power so what is it that we should be seeing hallelujah this is where I end the historian William Durant had the following observation Caesar sought to change men by changing institutions I think it's under apostolic centers as well if you go to YouTube you can find out all the teaching we did in here on Caesar you want it you want to get it because you'll find out that basically the way Christendom does church was all Caesar's idea, Constantine's ideas, 
And that's why we're not seeing what we should be seeing as a dispensation right now. And that's why things that he had already given us are being restored to us because we're following another prototype. Does that make sense? When you come to McDonald's, what do you expect to see? Huh? Give me an idea. The arch, very good. What else? Huh? Red and yellow, what else? Ronald McDonald, hello, what else? Fries, they're known for the best fries, right? What else do you expect at McDonald's? Big Mac, Big Mac. come on. Two all beef. <laughs> I thought I was the only one that knew that. Two all beef, did you hear that? Two all beef, not some beef. Not anymore, but right. Huh? Yeah, amen. Two all beef. I had a teaching in here on all for today, too. When you go to McDonald's, these are the things you expect to see. You're not going there to get Burger King fries, are you? What would you do if you went to McDonald's and they gave you Burger King? Would you know the difference? Look at they slapping high five and everything back there. What would you do if you went there to McDonald's? Because you know, if you go to Burger King or anyone else, you're not going to get a small, medium, or large soda for a dollar. We went to Burger King drive-thru. I was so mad at Panara. We went to Burger King drive-thru, and he was thirsty. He was getting ready to get on the highway. So he said, can I have a large Coke? They said, $3.99. He said, you mean a dollar six? He was like, $3.99. But I said, keep it. I was like, you did not do that. Look at her, look at her, look at his twin. I called him two twins just for, you know. I couldn't believe he drove off. And then immediately I said, well, first of all, sir, we in the Mercedes and we pulling off because the soda ain't a dollar six. That's embarrassing. Now we need to go back and get him a 10 and have him keep the change. What is wrong with you? When I said, man, drove through the drive through at McDonald's a dollar six. He said, now that's what I'm talking about. There's things you expect when you go to this particular place. Do y'all get the metaphor? When you come to the church of God, scripturally, biblically, there are things that we are supposed to expect here. How many know, not truthfully, because if you, don't, if you have not read a lot of the New Testament and got an interpretation of it, you, a lot of us don't even realize we're not even getting what we're supposed to get from the church. Does anybody know that? We're following a different template. There ain't no Big Macs here. People leaving the church because in the New Testament it said two all beef patty. And they get here and they got quarter. Now, what, what is it at Burger King? It is quarter pounders there. I thought that was McDonald's too. Whopper, you better come on now. See, that's how we are in Christendom. We don't even know. We mixing the brands because we don't even realize what it is that we are supposed to be getting from McDonald's. Am I making sense to y'all? I need y'all to get this. If not, we're going to just chill together. Go get y'all McDonald's. And let's just sit down and break this down and talk in conversation. Are y'all getting it? Oh, y'all loud this time. What a difference! The historian William Durant had the following observation. 
Caesar sought to change men by changing institutions. Sound like a great vision statement, right? Jesus changed institutions by changing men. Boom, that's a dap. Somebody give me ear dap on that one. That's that. Let me read it again. It's so good. We're going to read it again. Caesar sought to change men by changing institutions. Jesus changed institutions by changing men. The gospel is not about building an institution, but about building men. When the true wine of the true gospel is preached, it will burst out of the institutions that men build like new wine will burst out of old wine skin. The true gospel creates a life too powerful to be contained in our pitiful little structures. Somebody give William Durant some dap. He's probably dead by now. I hope, I hope. if not William Durant, I, I wish you long life, prosperity, great health, even as your soul prospers. William Durant, the true gospel creates a life too powerful to be contained in our pitiful little structures. You know, Jesus never built a cathedral. Do you know that? Jesus never had a cathedral. He never built a cathedral. Doesn't mean he's not concerned about the church because he was at a lot of churches. Didn't he go to those churches? So what is my point there? What if we were never supposed to build up? <laughs> Was that a blueprint for the church? What happened to the first church we built up? We, who tore it down? God did? What was that? Tower of Babel. Do y'all know that in the Bible? They wanted to be closer to God, so they built a high rise, and they said, we're moving on up, and they all moved in. And Jesus said, I'm going to confuse their languages because I do not want them living together. I do not want them building high rise structures to get to me. I want them to go ye. Therefore, come on. That's what he wanted. He wanted us to go out, not go up. Are you ready to go out? The only thing that went up and came back down was what? According to our, our teaching that we are in in this series, the gifts. Once it ascended and descended within Jesus, what did he tell us to do? I asked this a few months ago. How many people have you led to the Lord Christ Jesus this year? You've got to get back on your game. I'm not even asking you to bring them here. Someone has to be led to Christ by you. And it needs to be someone who's not of your culture, your gender, your nationality. Don't make an excuse because they don't receive you. They didn't receive Jesus and look at the work he did. It's important. I'm challenging each and every one of you this year. Lead someone to the Lord. Be a discipler. Call them up weekly. How you doing? 
read this scripture and I'm going to call you back at this time and I'm going to talk to you about this scripture. I'm not asking you to become a licensed minister if you're not ready to play on the real courts. If commitment and responsibility and accountability is your antichrist, I'm not asking you to play on the big courts. I would love it. But even the Bible says, aren't we all ministers? Isn't there someone who is around you? Maybe the, the messiest person. Maybe they have the biggest problems. Whatever you may have said about them. Do you know that you are the answer to change their life? I just thought of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me. And my soul was just hit and overcome with emotion because I thank God for saving me. I was not the person who made it easy for anybody to preach that gospel to. If y'all heard some of the things that came out of my mouth to people who brought the gospel to me. But guess what? Yet he saw fit. I can't preach it today, but you are somebody's Ananias. Somebody is waiting for you to show up. And Ananias said, when, when God told him, go get Paul, because I got much su suffering for him to do, what's the first thing he said? Man, he cuts off people's heads. I ain't messing with that dude. Give me five other people, but I'm not messing with that dude. God said, go get him. Church, go get him. I know they cut off heads, but they're suffering. And I got great suffering for them to do. Go. Go, Ananias. Go and reach him. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. He's given you provision. He's anointed you for this person this year. Ask him every night or every morning when you wake up. Who am I going to lead to you this year, Lord? Who am I going to introduce not the church to? This ain't even a time to bring them in the church. It's COVID. It's COVID time. We're in a war, okay? We're building the church with the brick and mortar, and we're fighting infirmities over here. But I'm charging each and every one of you this year. I want you to come to me and say, I got a trophy. Because you know what the Bible promises you when you lead a soul to him? Huh? A crown. There's, a, there's certain jewels that are promised to us in heaven that will fill our crown depending on the things that we have accomplished here in the earth for him. It's not about works. It's your reasonable service. That diamond that belongs to you, that ruby, that amethyst, it belongs to you. And you are somebody's Ananias and they are waiting for you to come and bring the kingdom of God at hand. Don't bring them apostolic. Don't bring them fivefold. Don't bring them Presbyterian. Don't bring them Methodist. Don't bring them Pentecostal. Don't bring them any of it. The kingdom of God is at hand. When you get dressed in the morning, the kingdom of God is at hand. Father, who am I going to reach for your kingdom on this year? I'm not sending y'all on a membership fest. This is all we can handle right now. Isn't that amazing? That God would allow men to shut down and limit how many people can get into the church. How special is that? Is this going to be the day of the sounding of the trumpet 
Is it going to look like this or is it going to be a big old cathedral? Think about it. I'm too deep for y'all today, huh? Am I all right? I'm charging you. This year, lead someone to the Lord. There could be someone in your family around you that you think just because they're around you, they're saved. Did they ever confess? Do you see the fruit of salvation? If not, claim them for the kingdom of God. Put your superpower clothes on in the morning. For the kingdom of God is at hand. And go and get that soul for the Lord. Are we all right? Am I right to challenge you? How many of y'all going to meet the challenge? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, you're under arrest. Y'all don't have a choice. Do you think I was asking? <laughs> Pastors ask. I command. A sent one. You're going to lead someone? That's right, baby. You're going to lead someone? You're going to lead someone? Come on, y'all. They're waiting. They're waiting. I'm done. Y'all ready for me to be done? This was an amazing ride this morning for me in here. For God is not finished with us yet. Can you stand to your feet? If you can, stand to your feet. Father, we thank you for this morning for what ears have heard. We thank you, God, for what eyes have seen. I pray, Father, for a supernatural impartation of increase first in your evangelist in this season. I pray for a supernatural increase of faith in this season. I pray for a supernatural increase of evangelism in this season. I pray for a supernatural increase of boldness in your people. That just like they would make the phone calls for a ride to the club or a ride to the casino, they would call someone with a pursuit of passion and lead them to the kingdom of God. I pray, Father, that your people, which are called by your name. Come on, y'all, let's go. Let's say it together. If my people who are called, come on, humble. Now, I want everybody in here who's filled with the Holy Spirit to prophesy that last line. I decree and declare that the land of America and the globe of this earth, which belongs to Christ Jesus, this land is healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, just set up a praise. Hallelujah. Come on, officers. Hallelujah. Decree and declare. Heal this land. Heal this land. Send out angels on assignment. Heal the land. Bring in the souls. Heal the hurt. Heal the pain. In the name of Jesus. If there's one that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ today as your Savior, you are in this building. I just want you to slip your hand up. If you are in here and you are not sure if you are saved, slip your hand up. If you were saved and you believe you are to be backslidden now, you're having trouble reading and praying and you, you, your, your first estate is not even the pursuit of the things of God, you are backslidden, sir. You are backslidden, ma'am. I want you to slip your hand up. In the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. I see your hand. And I pray for that precious one that has their hand up right now because they love the Lord. And the Lord shook them and woke them up this morning to be in this service for such a time as this. This wasn't a dancing. This was a convicting. This is a reminder. Who is the king? Who is the Lord? That you have purpose in this life. Minister Mike so eloquently went forward last week and build up the faith and the esteem of the believers. Today was your day to be here in this place. And I pray for you in your mind and that all the warfare that attacks your mind, that those Egyptians you shall see no more. Open up your Bible. Read the book of John. Read about the miracles of God because the miracles shall be your reward, says the Lord. Open up the word of God. Read the book of James. Understand his love and his compassion for the church and for the order of the church. There's someone else in here that may be suffering with sickness or not feeling well in their body. I want you to slip up your hand if you are here. If you are online viewing with us, please, we're praying for you as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, I see the hands that are raised today. If you believe that you have the gift of healing, I want your hand extended into this atmosphere. That power that's raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you. And they deserve to come to church and see the all two all beef patties. They deserve to come into the church and receive their healing. They have entered the courts of heaven when they answered the courts of their God. We decree and declare without even knowing the ailments, the infirmities, or the sickness that your faith has made you whole. Be healed, woman, in Jesus' name. Be healed, sir, in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Be healed in Jesus' name. Touch that part of you that is not feeling well and speak to it. Be well in Jesus' name. Be healed. That little bit of faith that woke me up to come to church this morning, that faith has healed me in Jesus' name. Come on, church. What are you going to do if all we're going to do is prophesy and bring healing and deliverance and the word of God is going to go forth this way? What are you going to do that church is not exiting the building but how we do church is changing? What are you going to do if you can't tap in? God inhabits the praises of his people. Tap in, people of God. Somebody believed for their hand up today for healing. Another one came back to Christ today for restitution. Hallelujah. And I want every hand up. This is my last plea. Father, for the hands that are raised today, I'm asking that you put your hand in their hand and you give them the healing increase that you have already deposited in your children. It is our inheritance. Father, may we be bold enough to lay hands on the sick May we be bold enough to lay hands on the blind, intellectually and naturally blind. May we be bold enough to lay hands on the dead and see them recover because the kingdom, say it with me, because the kingdom of God is at hand. Come on, lift that hand a little higher. This hand that I have raised towards heaven right now is receiving oil from heaven right now. I am anointed right now. This hand is being anointed by God right now. This hand shall recover all. This hand shall preach the gospel. This hand shall lay on the sick and they shall recover. On the blind and they shall see. On the dead and they shall live. This hand shall bring life to those who are otherwise 
dead and dry in bones. Come on, prophesy to your hand. Come on, prophesy to your hand. Take a minute and look at your hand. Prophesy this hand. Say this hand. This hand. I don't care if it's both. I don't care if it's one. I don't care if you don't even have a hand. Prophesy this hand will be used for the gospel of Jesus Christ. This hand is for the welcoming to the kingdom of God. Give them a right hand of fellowship. Extend your hand and tell them this is the hand of fellowship. I welcome you in to my father's kingdom. Oh, is that all right? Can somebody speak in an unknown language right now called the language of heaven? the language of angels. Can somebody just go there with me? I know I'm on overtime, but this right here is free. Ha! This is your impartation. This is me sending you out as strong sheep amongst the wolves. This is your portion. Receive the kingdom now. Receive the kingdom now. Come on. Come on. Receive the kingdom now. Come on. I'm going to touch you with the Holy Spirit not allowing me. So I believe angels are going road to road, seat to seat, and hands are being laid on you. of God are going row to row up and down the aisle and seat to seat and they're laying hands on your head receive your fresh thinking receive your mind being converted from the things of old receive it now on your head in Jesus name hallelujah come on come on come on he's touching you now he's touching you now he's touching you now he's touching you now depending on earth. You're depending on man for too long. Come on, fill him now. He's in your back. He's in your back in Jesus' name. His hand is in your back. The Lord's hand is in your back. Come on, the Lord's hand is in your back. Hallelujah. Receive him now. Receive him now. There's an impartation, people of God. The healers are being imparted today. I decree and declare healing is being activated in you today.
service with us today. We thank you for planning your time well spent at the Apostles' house. Receive your impartation now, those that are on live stream. Hallelujah, receive your impartation now. In Jesus' name, I wish you above all that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Come on, those who are caught up in here, come on and worship. Come on, there's a spin in you. Some of y'all need to just spin in God. Some of y'all need to bow in God. Hallelujah. Worship the King. Worship the King. Worship the King. Your healing is here. Your neighbor's healing is here. Your family member's healing is here. Come on, renew your mind in Christ Jesus. I'm giving faith seeds on today. Your faith is being increased. Hallelujah. Yes. Come on, somebody shout, I want it. If you want it, shout, I want it. God, I want it. God, I want it. God, I want it. I hear the Lord saying that somebody in here, there's a couple of you, you're going to work for the Lord. You're going to work for the Lord. You're not going to have a job for long. And you like working. You like it. It's not always the ones that don't like it. You like it. You like something about it. You like the, 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 the promise of the paycheck. Something. God said you are going to work for the Lord. You are not going to continue to build, build up man's institution. I'm going to call you in. And I want to feed you this day your daily bread. And you're going to have to get used to living on daily bread until I can trust you with increase. You are going to work for the Lord. And I'm going to build up my kingdom in you. And I'm going to set a marketplace ministry up in you. That means that you're going to have employment for other people, says the Lord. Hallelujah. I hear the Lord saying also that some of y'all think that your kids are saved just because of the conversations and the talk you have with them. And they are over 18 years of age. Be bold and go to them and say, I'm not asking you to come to church with me, but I want to hear you confess and break every curse on our family, baby. Show them what's in the family. They may not even know that uncle so-and-so and auntie so-and-so is under a curse by that behavior. I want you to break that curse. Do you believe God, baby? Do you believe him? Do you, do you need to read a little bit more with me? Do you believe God? Do you believe that? You've been having dreams, baby. Come on, those kids have dreams. The Bible promised us. You've been having dreams, baby, and there's a promise over your life. But just like there's a promise over your life, there's another door, baby, that the enemy would love for you to walk through and steal your destiny, steal your promise, steal our inheritance. Baby, I'm not asking you to come to church. I'm not even asking you to give up all your toys and the things that you like to do. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm not building an institution on this. Come on, baby, I'm gonna do it with you. Father, I believe. Take them through it. Let those words hit this universe and we all begin to see the land be healed. I see someone in here, lastly, someone in here also has a financial need. 
I hear the Lord saying that he's getting ready to take you on such a spiritual journey on finances because the Lord is tired of you needing. He does not want you to be the one needing. This scripture is what I'm going to speak over your head today. He said that you should be the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. And he says that every word that has ever been spoken against you, he needs you to begin to condemn it. Condemn the words of, pro of, of poverty. Condemn the words that you're not going to have anything unless you're joined up in a relationship with someone. You need to take that down. I see someone in here really, really strongly in your family. You've really been taught that without a spouse, you would never be able to have the finances and the living that God has re re required for you to have. The devil is a liar. I uproot that seed from your life and I speak prosperity that comes from the Father, not from men. I uproot that seed. I call that whole harvest that came from that lie to be killed and dead off in Jesus' name. I speak the riches of God into your life by the apostolic authority that is on my life. I speak and release Jehovah's words for you. I speak and release words of the king and words of the kingdom over your life that before you get a mate, God is going to show you the promises that he has for your life. Poverty is not your portion. In Jesus' name, I speak a spirit of giving and helping and compassion. And God is going to outgive you in this season if you will trust God and give more. Not just financially. God wants you to have compassion with people, empathy with people. And when you give those things, you are competing with God and you can never compete with God's giving. God is going to fill your barrel, woman. And it will never be empty again, declares the Lord. Come on and bless God. Hallelujah. I'm done. I see the Lord right now telling us that at some point we're going to have a service in the evening. And it's going to be straight prophesying. We're going to come in here in prophetic worship. We're going to come in here in unity. We're going to come in here in harmony. And like the old church used to have that 7 p.m. service that even, I don't know what time, but he's showing us a service where we don't need bulletins and offering lines. And we don't need the structure of a morning political system that the church has made it. But we're going to come in here joyfully praising the Lord, entering his gates with thanksgiving and praise. We're going to come in here with the only expectation is that God himself show us in our lives. Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to go.